Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon. Welcome to episode 13 of Bro Taste This. This is Luis Pablo, and on the episode today, we have Juan Legend. It is a mid-season review of Arsenal FC and Chicago Bears. We're going to dive into how we think they're performing, our expectations at the beginning of the year. We recorded episode 5, what it was the beginning of the season, and kind of how we expected the season to go. If they're achieving those goals, if they're underperforming, if some of the big players are underperforming, if some of the young players are overperforming. We talk about the coaches, we talk about the owners, and what should happen next. We then talk about some weekly news afterwards where we talk about some dumping that is going on in the Amazon and who's getting sued for it. We also talk about the recent revote that happened in the Alabama Amazon and a couple other interesting topics. Stick to it to the end and we also recommend a few things. So thank you for joining us and let's get right into the episode. When I was editing the last episode, we actually recorded one. We're one behind technically, but we recorded an episode with uh, two of my good friends, Michael and Alan, uh, listeners of the show. And they had a, so I asked them what it was. I'm like, so when we were recording, I couldn't hear a fan over their phone. Like I, I couldn't hear anything. But when I got into the audio, the entire time it heard a, like a box fan essentially. I'm like, what was that? Like, it didn't pick up during the phone call. And he goes, it was a laptop fan that was right next to the laptop. Holy so when we were crap. calling, we couldn't hear it. But then in the audio, for some reason, it picked it up way more. Dang. And I couldn't drown it out without drowning them out completely. Was that like a 98 Toshiba? Or what were they? <laughs> I think it what was. What are they working with? They're still there? operating Windows XP. <laughs> so, like, I lowered the volume down so you couldn't hear the fan as much. And it was just like... They sounded like Bane in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, they sounded, sounded like the kids from the Peanuts series. Oh, hell no. Like the parents from the Peanuts series. The adults say. and, yeah, the adults. And I'm like, oh, God. They were great guests, too. They were really fun. Yeah, they did a bunch yeah. of research. They were really fun. I know. So we'll be talking about um, some of those segments we talked about last week that kind of, you know, actually to our favor, um, worked out because they ended up like kind of evolving more. Like we yeah. talked about Omicron. And we talked about uh, labor segment, which is on Amazon, and we'll get into that more often a little bit later. But yeah, yeah, the labor, the labor segment, the on, labor situation yeah, with the but, economy, uh, all these workers quitting. Yeah, nobody wants to work a goddamn job <laughs> anymore. Fucking Biden just handing out money. Damn right. My heart rate today is seventy-five. Did you get your sixth and seventh stimulus check? Dude, I'm on my eighth. Yeah, you followed that online Facebook link I sent you? <laughs> yeah. That worked, didn't it? They uh, they asked for my social security number. So I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like, but like... Whatever you need. Barrage sounded really oh, like trustworthy. You oh, know? for sure. He, yeah. He's like, oh, do you need some help? And I'm like, not at all, man. Just send me the money. He goes, all I need is your credit card information and your social security. I'm like, you got it, man. You got it. I'm not even you asking twice. It. Whatever you need, my man, whatever you need. I need that money, that delicious... Send it... Biden money. But uh, let's get into the wine, man. We have a Beaujolais today. That's right. Uh, we have a the third level Beaujolais, what people call a Beaujolais cru, because it the way that the Beaujolais levels work, um, they have one large region called the Beaujolais region. And then within that, they have 
uh, smaller, more specific regions with inside of that as well. And they essentially divided it into three. The two, level two being Beaujolais Village, being more of a mid-level, uh, what's seen as mid-level growers. They're seen as slightly more serious Beaujolais rather than your Beaujolais Nouveau that's totally seen as like total party wine or um, you can drink it out of a barrel because, you know, it's so cheap. Um, Beaujolais Village just has a little bit more respectability. Beaujolais Crew is one step beyond that where it is supposed to be the highest level Beaujolais you can get. And this uh, bottle that we're drinking today, uh, tell me the name again, Luis. Yes, this is the Domaine de Billard Saint-Amour. It's a 2019. It is a product of France. The Barbet Propriedad a Saint-Amour. And uh, we should actually say uh, we have a segment that we recorded of you opening the wine, which we'll start doing every week going forward and just uploading that. Fuck yeah. Just like our, our impressions of the wine in live action. Um, yeah, this is really good, man. I actually really enjoy it. I was saying earlier, like it's it doesn't really taste like a traditional Beaujolais because it is that step up. Yeah. But it is still very good. It's it's very heavy compared to a regular Beaujolais. You so you did come around to think it's heavier. Yeah, or? I do think it's heavier. Like at first you taste it and you're like, uh, but like yeah, you get that. You really let it sit in your mouth. It's Pause. very yeah. It's extremely spicy. I believe for a fruit forward uh, grape, it's also very acidic um it's almost yeah. you know like a, a peppery gingery feel yeah no i agree it's delicious though i really like it yeah fucking delicious yeah and uh you can find this wine for uh anywhere from 17 to 22 dollars yeah it's actually like Extremely a pretty cheap. affordable wine yeah you should go out and buy like a like 80 dollar bottle of wine yeah we should. next episode fuck it just you, like put in 40 bucks each and just don't? find something crazy. Well, maybe we should order something like, like a beautiful bottle that we both like, you know, or yeah. or, or fuck it, maybe we'll find something in a, in <laughs> at a local store. Piggly Wiggly. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, uh, I, I I actually ran into a great store in East Troy, of all places, yeah. in their like little downtown. They had a store called Wines of the World or something like that. East Troy is low key popping. Yeah, it it actually has a lot of cool little like hipster fucking um, stores restaurants yeah. cafes things like that yeah it's pretty cool they yeah. got this awesome coffee shop and then they got a brewery in there too not in the coffee shop but like they have this like east choice square where like everything's on yeah and then they tell have, me about the coffee shop what was that like uh i think it's just called the coffee place or something like that Cause i think i went there it, it's it's called like twenty eight ninety four or the cafe or something. So, like that. Yeah, it's literally called like the street name. Yeah, it's yeah. Super I, cool I went there. Hunt. It was really nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like an elevated. It's like what Starbucks should be. Yeah, exactly. They, and they had like that a sign up sheet for open yeah, mic. They, yeah, they had like an elevated version of Quick Trips grocery store in there. Yeah, like yeah. a little deli and some organic shit. Yeah, some part like. Food items from all different sorts of ethnic backgrounds in one hall yeah, or sick. one aisle. It was, and their it was food really is nice. awesome too. Yeah, their food is actually really good. I had a Bloody Mary there with uh, a burger with Alo. Yeah, Alo didn't share the Bloody Mary, but we shared the burger, and she had uh, a a, la- a latte. Yeah, it was an oat milk latte of some sort. And fucking amazing. Yeah, actually, now that I remember, it was a lavender oat milk latte, and it was fucking amazing. It was delicious. Jeez. Yeah. 
And I I'm had, that, like I said, that Bloody Mary, and that shit was delicious. Like, I did not expect to like a Bloody Mary from that place. Yeah. But it tasted great. That whatever mix, or if they make their own mix back there, it was With delicious. Gas. I'm going to go, go back again. We should go there and, uh, like, do a segment on the town. That would be fucking awesome. Just go to, like, the coffee shop, then go to the brewery. Yeah. Just make a day of it. That, that would be, be awesome. Fun. Yeah, we should do that. Dude, we should do that, but with different breweries as well. Like, yeah. MKE. Do a day of breweries. Yes. And just get hammered. Yes. And drive. We Give should, me the keys. We should do... Um, Don't tell me what to do. There you go. <laughs> oh, he's crying. Tell me the know fucking how to do. GoPro. <laughs> You're always dropping it. Let go of me. Let go of me. Let me at him. <laughs> no one's near you. <laughs> no, he keeps staring. That guy in the corner. He keeps staring. You He's guys don't cashier. see him. <laughs> you think you're better than me? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> you, you call him a derogatory name for a minority. He's not even a minority. Yeah. <laughs> Which we won't name any. <laughs> you can think of a few. Yeah, you can fill in the blank yeah, with whatever comes to mind for you. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. The first time I went to that coffee shop, actually, was for a job interview. Oh, dang, for real? Yeah, it was really... This is when I like was like figuring out what to do. Yeah. And I was like, maybe I want to sell pages in the phone book. Stop. Shut swear the fuck to up. God. I swear to God. You, the, you really thought you wanted to do that? No, but it was like... You, I don't know. You, it, I can see you, like, your personality type fitting that role. But I was just wondering if that, like piqued your personal no. interest so what it was i i was like this is when i was broke like just broke like, broke i was i've never been broke broke but like i was high school broke and trying to pay for school ah okay and i'm like this isn't working out it's just you were feeling some pressure right and yeah. it was winter so like you know the restaurant industry takes a hit in the winter especially in this area especially i was gonna yeah. say in wisconsin specifically um so i just needed somewhere to work so i just started applying everywhere I'm like marketing, selling anything. I'll do whatever. And I get a phone call. Like, hey, do you want to do this interview? Like we work with an ad agency. We were, It is an ad agency, right? Do you want to come and do this full time? And I was like, sure, I'll, I'll come check it out. And so I meet this lady out in East Troy, which is 30 minutes from where I live now. But I'm like, all right. I, to be honest, I didn't even know what the fuck it was. Yeah. I'm like, whatever. I'll just show up for an interview. They're like business casual. You're going to be shadowing somebody all day. So I'm like, cool. So it was a working interview. Sort of, yeah. Okay. And, uh, oh, you know what? It was actually a two-part interview. The first part was I went to Milwaukee to their headquarters. I just showed up and they were like, oh, so what do you do? Like, what are you interested in? And I was like, well, I have a lot of experience in the food service industry. Like, I think I'm pretty good at talking to people. And they're like, yeah, okay, all right, awesome. So we, And then they set me up again, right? So it's, yeah. a, it's essentially a three-step process. And that was the first step was an in-person interview with one of their agents and then the second part is you go out with somebody in the field. And I met this lady. She was like in her early 30s, I think. And the entire time, she just kept telling me about her like uh, her life and how her um, boyfriend hasn't proposed yet and all this other shit. So I'm like, all right, that's cool. I can't relate. <laughs> and I think I was only dating my uh, girlfriend for like a year at the time. So I was just like, yeah, whatever that is. And... <laughs> I follow her all day and I'm just seeing her hound down because people that buy pages in the phone book aren't big businesses. It's okay. your mom, I get what Paul, you're saying. Like the local businesses that kind of need home. to do that sort of thing. Yeah. 
And so she's like hounding these people down. She goes, I fucking asked this person the other day to call me. They didn't call me. So we'll see if he fucking ignores me when I'm at the door of his house. What the? I'm like, ooh, okay. So this was a lady that you were working with and she was doing this stuff? No, she was just the one interviewing me. I've never met her before. So I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. And (laughs) I was like, maybe this job isn't for me. I don't know if I can go door to door trying to sell pages in the phone book to like random people. And they were also trying to offer this like tech service that they had. They're like, you know, they had this whole like script on like, well, people on average look at their phone every 30 seconds. So that's the best way to access them. Dude, is that, is damn fucking marketers study that sort of shit like a motherfucker? Of course that's true. Definitely not for me, but. And then we went to the coffee shop in the middle of the day. She goes, oh, there's this coffee shop. Like we'll go to that one. I'm like, cool. And I went to there and I had a coffee, had some lunch. That, by the way, she didn't pay for during the interview. No way. I had to pay. I had to buy my own lunch, even though I drove 30 minutes out and was doing nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it was really weird. And they're pretty pricey, to be honest. They're not They're not that cheap. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I don't know. It was whatever. Let's get into Arsenal. Let's get into Arsenal. Yeah, let's get into Bears. You want to get into Arsenal first? Yeah, let's do Arsenal. Yeah, we can talk about Arsenal. Arsenal Football Club currently reside in, I believe, seventh place, if I'm not mistaken. Um... I, I'm pretty sure they are. I don't know. That's probably the least of the fucking issues that we have going on right now. I see that as, I mean, on my way over here, I was looking up some of the players you mentioned. Yeah. And I was looking at, is it Okoye or the the first youngster you mentioned? Luka Osaka? Osaka. There yeah, we go. Place. Um, look, that guy looks pretty impressive. I mean, he looks like, yeah. uh, very a- athletically gifted and agile fast yes seems like he can cut like a motherfucker he is control the ball really well he is what very position good. does he play he uh plays off of the right wing and he looks he, like a winger yeah. he's one of those inverted wingers so like what's been really common in soccer since like the 2010s uh pep guardiola with uh, barcelona was he started playing opposite foot players on the opposite side so before it'd be like a left-sided a left-footed player playing on the left side of the field to, like, get down to the end of the goal line and either cross it or try to shoot it. But now what he's got, like, that pretty much revolutionized with Messi and Ronaldo. Okay. And they were they originally started playing, like, Messi's left-footed, so he started playing on the left-hand side. Yeah. And Ronaldo was right-footed, he started playing on the right-hand side. Well, over time, they would always cut in and shoot. Yeah. So, you know, they ended up paint, playing their opposite side of their foot. Okay. So a left-footed player now plays on the right-hand side, a right-footed player plays on the left-hand side. Okay. Which is, like, Easy. very, very new. Yeah. And it's easier for them to, like, get better shooting angles, I imagine, right? Yeah, because instead of trying to whip it across... Like, with their outside foot. Yeah. They can use their inside foot. Correct, correct. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, yeah, Busaka, and that's actually what, what is... The two players that I sent to you were Emil Smith-Rowe and Saka are those wingers. They're both traditionally playmakers, although they do get goals, and they're like the only players scoring goals at Arsenal this year. They're really the only good thing about the team this year because okay. the team is underperforming by quite a large margin compared to like what they should be, especially they were, I think, in the top 10 teams that spent the most money despite it being COVID the year before. mm and okay. they spent like 150 million, which is ridiculous. So they should have on paper had a good team. 
Right. Yeah. And the last two games, well, let's talk about the first three games just to set up what happened. Before we jump around like that, um, I think we should start from the beginning yeah. and you, like tell people what you thought were your expectations for this year. And then whether they have met them at the beginning, middle, or this part of the season yet. Yeah. So we recorded a podcast in the beginning, right? This was like now 12 weeks ago Yeah. at this point. Like 10, is 12. It that what? Long, was it that long? It ago? was episode five. So this is okay. now episode technically 14. So it's been like 10, 11 yeah, weeks. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, at the beginning of the season, before the season started, we kind of gave our predictions. And I listened to mine. Um, I think it was like two days ago just to kind of hear what's going on. Like, are they hitting the expectations? I thought they they would be doing worse. Okay. So they haven't really... They haven't gotten as low as you thought they would get. But my, my expectations were also super low yeah. at the beginning of the season. You were a real pessimist. The, the season before, they were absolute dog shit. And so, so they've built upon last season, you say, or... I, I would say that, but also with 14 games in, the only teams they've beat are, like, the really, really bad teams. Okay. And anyone even remotely competitive has beaten them. Like, the only teams they've beaten, they won on this 10-game unbeaten run, but the, if you look at the teams that they beat, it was all teams in the lower half of the table. I see. So, in the Premier League, there's 20 teams, lower half of the table. That's what they beat. Um it's kind of unfortunate because I had really high expectations of like once things started looking better and Saka and, and Roe were like starting to look like, okay, these two guys are like, like fucking rockets. They're yeah. If we're being under the age of 21, 22, like you're like, damn, these guys so are looking really good. They're both that young then, huh? Are yeah. they, are they um, perceived or are they going to be with the team for a long term or is this a short contract they have actually signed contract extensions in the last year year and a half okay that's great then so they've locked them down they've locked them down for quite a while yeah but with that being said in soccer as opposed to in like football and basketball you can just buy the player when they're in their contract yeah yeah that's true whereas in the nfl in the nba you can't do that you got to wait for the player to become a free agent and if you if you don't want to wait, you got to offer trade picks and like draft picks and all and a bunch of other stuff, yeah. right? So you can't actually just buy the player in soccer. You can't do that. I don't know if the, these two players in particular would come out and then be bought because of like Arsenal do have a lot of money. Yeah, like uh, they're just a big team. So would they even take the offer? Yeah, but they're, they're it, probably not strapped for cash, or in your opinion. No, it's just, like, they have money, but not, like, to... I don't know, it's weird, because they've spent a shit ton of money in the last couple of years, but they don't really have much to show for it. Okay. So, like, they, they've brought in some pretty big names, and they just haven't really worked out all that much. Like, their their most expensive player of all time costs, like, $78 million. Is it Obama again? No, that's actually Nicolas Pepe. Okay. Who, they brought him in, despite the coach not wanting him at the time. No way. Yeah. The current coach? Not the current coach. The coach before this one. Okay. They were like, all right. He said, I, we need a forward, specifically like to play off the right-hand side. Like At that point, they had a striker, they had a left winger, and they had a their right winger at the time had just left. So they were like, all right, we should probably bring in somebody who's like a superstar to fill in that role so we become competitive again. And they're like, yeah. Well, who do you want to bring in? And at the time, the coach was Unai Emery. 
and he was like, we should bring in Wilfred Zaha, who is a player in the Premier League. He would have cost about the same as Nicolas Pepe, but the difference is he had proven himself in the Premier League, um, and he's very hardworking. He's, he's a motherfucker to play against. Like He's extremely good. And at the time, his age, everything would have worked out, right? And it almost like goes to show like if they had bought him instead of Nicolas Pepe, the team would be in a much better position because chances are the coach would have stayed. Like he was kind of upset with that transfer yeah. and a couple other ones. That was a big part of the reason why he may have left at the time. Well, or? they actually fired him okay. because of poor performances. But chances are like he was just like, well, fuck this. What's the point of me? Yeah. trying as hard and he started messing with the team and he had to keep playing Pepe despite Pepe not looking all that good and trying to fix the team around him when in reality like it just wasn't working out yeah so he now had to for, like force a round piece into a square peg yeah he didn't like that player in the system and he had to force it in there and try to make it work because a manager or like the upper part of the team told right. him that that's what he was supposed to do Right, because if you spend you know seventy to eighty million on a player, you better make him look good, or he else should the be manager, fucking Your boss is gonna be mad. Correct, yeah. he should be playing. Yeah, because then it seems like well, what was the point of wasting all that money? Yeah. But now he's not even playing, and like they want to get rid of him in January. Okay. For like thirty million, when he came in for somewhere close to eighty, and the, actually the the how old was this player at the time? He was I think twenty five or twenty six. Dang, so he was kind of young. Yeah. And, but he just hasn't worked out. Not only, like, the, there has been an interim coach that came in and tried to play him. There has been now the coach that is at the team now has tried to play him numerous times. And he has shown, like, Some hints, talent here or there. But just, like, at the age that he is, he's 26, 28 now. It's just, like... He doesn't have the consistency he should no. have. No. Like and for the amount that they paid for him, it's like damn. So they're wondering if they should cut their losses and just try to get rid of him and bring somebody else in. I it see. just feels very counterintuitive. I see. Like yes, I understand. You can buy a player and it doesn't work out. That is normal. That's going to happen. It just looks worse because of the fee that they paid for him. Yeah. Like and it's your record signing. Yeah. And he didn't work out at all. No, that I mean, yeah, that that's trash. You know, it's like. Any team in any sort of sport, if they sign a big-time free agent, a big-time name, or a star in, on another team, you want them to perform the same on your team. And when they don't, you know, you're kind of looking for every reason under the sun to kind of not blame it on the star. But sometimes if, you know, they've gone through as many coaches and situations as they have already, then might as, might as well cut your losses, you know, like. Yeah. It's not going to fucking work with this team. Maybe he can make it work somewhere else, but it's not working here. Right. You know? Yeah, it's it's pretty silly, like, if you think about it. And the team right now is kind of in disarray because, like, granted, you have your young players looking really good, but at the same... Do you have to take a break? No, no, no. Oh. I'm just adjusting. <laughs> no, go on. Granted, the young players are looking good, but all your older players are not. Like, yeah. they brought in this other guy, Tomas Parti, who's supposed to be this, like, crazy good midfielder who just hasn't looked good. Obama Young signed a crazy big deal a year and a half ago to like keep him at the team for another couple of years till he's like 33. Yeah. Not scoring any goals. Damn. Like every big player at the team that should be stepping up is underperforming by quite a large margin. Damn. And it's just you know, it's it's getting to the point where like 
the manager is under pressure because the teams that he should be beating, he's not beating. Like he's getting, he's gotten kind of lucky with some results. Before we move on, can you tell me about like the manager coach dynamic in soccer? Yeah. Is a manager the coach? Mm, Kind of. So there's a manager and he's, it depends on what extent they have respond. This is, I'm guessing for most sports, but specifically in soccer, because there's so many moving parts, um, each team can be different. So like, let's take the, let's take the best example and we'll use the worst example. The best example at Manchester City is there's Pep Guardiola. Yeah. Pep Guardiola has a lot of control within the club. He kind of dictates some of the transfers. Um, he you know, really operates with the first team, which is the starting 11 plus the subs. Like there's in soccer, there's a term called first team and that's everybody who like you see playing week to week. Yeah. But there's also the under 23s, which is literally like they're 23 and under. However, they're development league. essentially, Right. right? They're kind of feeder league to an extent, but at the same time, if a player is like injured and he's kind of making his way back, sometimes he'll be like demoted to that okay. league to just get more minutes and just train with them. But mostly it's younger players. And then there's like youth academy, which is, you know, literally what it is. It's youth academy. And then those are different age groups. Yeah. So there's all different coaches for that. There's usually a fo- uh, head, of, head of football director. So this is the guy who oversees everything so that, you know, if you have coaches, multiple times like in a couple years so if you fire one and you bring a new one in you fire him and then you bring a new one in sometimes a football director can be good because he makes sure that the team is still going on the right path like if you have too much power given to your manager so the football director is he can dictate transfers and play style he's the boss of the manager though correct yeah like usually the manager has a few bosses okay see within like the nfl the way that that relationship and dynamic and hierarchy works is that the head coach responds to the general manager in a role that I think would be called the football director mm, in soccer. Okay. And like the coach is called the general or a manager yeah. in soccer. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, it's, it's a little interesting that there's a difference there. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And, it, like, each some teams, like, I think there's only four teams left in the Premier League that don't have, like, a f- head of football director. Where the managers just... The, the managers dictator. dictate pretty much everything. Like, okay. you take Ralph Hasenhutl at Southampton. Like, he has a ton of power. Like, oh, he's okay. dictating transfers. He's, you know, he's checking on the youth team. He's, like, doing quite a lot of shit. And sometimes that's good because then the whole team is operating on one plane. Yeah. Sometimes it's bad because if one person has too much power and they start fucking up. They make mistakes and nobody they nobody's there to hold them accountable. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it's 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 a hit or miss. With with Arsenal they've had some interesting head figures that have not worked out and some that have worked out. Like right now they got and the the thing that happens in soccer quite a lot that probably doesn't happen in a lot of other sports is um, previous players will get big jobs that they don't deserve. So uh, right okay. now the current Arsenal player or Arsenal manager was an Arsenal player, and he hadn't coached before Arsenal. He was an assistant coach at Manchester City for Pep, who granted Pep is one of the best managers in the world. Yeah, you would think like he would he, pick up or get get Pep's like sprinkle fairy dust on him. Correct, yeah. but he has not at all. 
Okay. <laughs> he has Pep plays is very like open attacking system, like controlling the ball the whole time. And Arteta has only proven the Arsenal coach has only proven to play very rigid plan A or no plan B soccer. Uh, like we're gonna do what we want all game, no matter if they can stop us. Like he's yeah. stuck to his game plan. He's not gonna change. Yeah, he he wants. He just wants to fit a square peg into a round hole. You know, the entire time. The entire time. Like, there is no plan B. Even when, like, the game isn't working, there is no plan B. Son of a bitch. He'll just sell about players. That's such an incredible parallel to that, Nagy, (laughs) by the way. Like, like, as I'm listening to you, there are some incredible parallels. Like, just just so I don't forget to tell you about this other part later. Like, the fact that you guys have stars underperforming is a parallel like we're the oldest team in the league yeah and most of those dudes are hurt or underperforming so that's just hilarious you know like oh yeah and we're that bottom tier not not beating teams we should be so many par- parallels as i'm assuming yeah no it's it's pretty sad anyways go on about arteta uh yeah we'll we'll, we'll kind of move on from arteta and talk about where i kind of see the team going forward so Arteta probably should be fired at this point just yeah. because the team has not progressed at all since he's gotten the manager position. Like, at all. In okay. fact, they've slowly gotten worse, which you can kind of understand. He came in, got rid of a bunch of players that were, like, essentially bad chickens, you know? Yeah, or bad like eggs, I should say. Bad eggs in the locker room. Yeah, and they were, you know, all very from the like, previous generation. Okay. But then the problem is it's either his way or the highway. So there are certain players that he'll just ostracize for, like, a couple games, even though they probably should be playing. Like, for example, Pepe, who I just spoke about. Yeah. There was a moment in this last game against Everton. Everton had him, by the way. Everton hadn't won their last seven games, and they came up against Arsenal. And they won. Who And they won. That's great. That's fucking great. So it's like, of course. That's like, hilarious. Of course that makes sense. So there was a moment in the game where a winger got injured. Yeah. Pepe is a winger. Okay. So instead, you would think, okay, this is Pepe's time to shine. Put him in. Put You know, the game looks a little tight. Put him in. Instead, they put in a 20-year-old attacker who this week said, I will not be signing a new contract and I will be leaving for free next summer. For free? Yeah. Damn. He's like, I will not. Those were, he's yeah. like, I'm not going to sign a new contract. Over that specific move or no, just no, 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 overall no. team? Just like because he wanted to play more. They've been trying to get him to sign a new contract for the last couple of months. Yeah. And just like he, I think he finally said, like, I will not be signing a new contract. And they play him. Despite his comments, yeah. instead of Pepe or Obama Young, who are senior heads at the club and who have multi, who are getting paid the most, instead they play this twenty-year-old in a position that, by the way, he doesn't really play. Yeah, that's not his natural position. Right. And they were still trying to. They were like trying to put him force in, force him into that to tr- yeah. get him to sign a new contract. It's like you think he's gonna sign a new contract because you're playing him for thirty minutes. Yeah, that's that's not shit in the grand scheme of things, you know. Yeah, like he doesn't give a fuck. There's probably other reasons he doesn't want to sign with the team, right? You know? He's he's seeing the team and he's yeah. like, well, if this team is gonna suck, I'd rather suck on my own terms where I'm playing every game. So, do you think? We'll we'll wrap it up by yeah. L- looking forward, you know, to future seasons, 
How do you think this season sets you up for the near future? Well, this in my I think I said it at the in the previous episode where we did this. Um, this was a make or break season to like essentially influence the next three to five years. In the way that it's going, I I don't think it's gonna get better. I think the um, man like the upper boardroom don't want to look bad. So they're just going to keep the manager in place now. Like you, They're th- going to keep Arteta? I think they probably will because they don't want to look bad. And also, like, who's available? There's not that many good coaches available because all the competent teams already fired their coach and brought in a good <laughs> one. So you're kind of left with the shit under the stick. You're, you're left looking for scraps. Yeah. You know? There's, like, granted, there's still some good, like, coaches out there, like Lucien Favre and... Um, like even Ernesto Valverde, who was at Barcelona a couple years ago, he's a very defensive coach. But I think like sometimes you kind of need to stray away from the pack to like yeah, because he would like fix up the defense and the midfield for sure, which is kind of where Arsenal lack is they don't really have a midfield right now. Okay. So I I think unfortunately they're gonna stay where they are and just progressively get worse. So you think Arteta is gonna like keep you guys? Normally beating the bad teams, sometimes losing to one of those bad teams, and you th- and it's gonna get even worse from here. Yeah. Okay. They're definitely seventh or eighth. By the end, they're seventh now. They had a chance to go top four in the last in the last week, and they lost both games that were extremely important to like cement yourself as a top four contender all year, and they lost both games. And I don't think you can make that up for the rest of the year. Like you'll be looking back, like damn, that was the week that they really. That they had a chance to just go eight points clear, and they they lost. <laughs> so, I think they're only gonna get worse, and it's unfortunate because like the first game of the season they lost because so many players were out due to COVID, and then you played Chelsea who had won the Champions League the year before, and then you played Manchester City who won the Premier League the year before. So you so were, big heavyweights, right? The yeah. last your first three games were like shit, and then the next three games you won. And then the seven after that, you had middling results, but you didn't lose any of them. And now you just lost two of them. So it's not looking yeah, good. Yeah, that's not a strong record you just described. No. Yeah. And, you know, again, we're 14 games in. They're at 23 points or something like that. And if you were to, you know, double that for the rest of the season, that's still not looking good. So with that being said, I think they're going to finish eighth again this season and not finish in any European positions. Then Otherwise... They're uh, not going to go to the big Euro Cups or any of those? I don't think so. No? No. Not a year for the Gunners this year, eh? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, with that being said, let's talk about the Chicago Bears. The Bears. The 85 can't let it fucking go, Bears. <laughs> First to 10 and do it again. That's bears. right. That's right. Uh, this year, at this current point in time, they're currently 4-8 and eight with a winning percentage of 333 or 33%. Um, this year, as you know, you were mentioning about listening to our episode and what we thought, how they were going to do. Um, I think I kind of called it pretty accurately at the time. I thought that they were going to win a few games and then fall apart. I think were my words. <laughs> <laughs> and that is exactly what's been happening, which is kind of like eerie. Um, it, the Chicago Bears are currently the oldest team in the NFL. 
they have a lot of older veterans that they really shouldn't have signed because they're not as competitive as they think they are. Mm-hmm. And they're just kind of reaching a slightly higher level than they need to be trying to reach right now. They're trying to reach that level, right? Yeah. Not saying that they are. They're not succeeding in reaching that level, but they're shooting for that level. But the team as it's built is more built like a team that is one or two years away from competition. Yeah. So it doesn't, it wasn't that strong at quarterback and their offense wasn't that strong from the beginning. The coach knew that, but they had been riding this incredible run of strong defensive uh, play for like four or five years where the defense was just playing so hard and so well. Overperforming. Yeah. Overperforming so much that they were keeping the game in, or the team in games that they really shouldn't have been. So the coach, you know, thought, hey, we made the playoffs last year. Our defense has been this, go- this good for this many years. We're going to be fine. Yeah, we're going to be fine. Uh, so they signed, like, this really old tight end named Jimmy Graham. Do we love he, Jimmy? He's not terrible, but he plays, like, three plays a game. And sometimes even then, that's on the game that he does play. Like, so he's not playing a uh, there's, lot. Yeah, there's a bunch of other games like where you will be like, "Where's Jimmy Graham? Aren't we paying him like ten million dollars like per year?" <laughs> it's not that much in you know soccer numbers, but for his position it's at his age, yeah, his position at his age, that's wild. How he, much? <sighs> he's like 33, 34, and uh, tight ends that age are typically not getting paid big contracts. But the Chicago Bears are so desperate for anybody that could score a touchdown or could get in the end zone that they paid this dude that much money. That's, um, that, that's a lot in soccer numbers. $10 million a year is a shit ton. Yeah. Well, in addition to, to Jimmy, they also, say, hired a few uh, defensive free agents. La- this was last year. Uh, Robert Quinn, they uh, paid him a huge contract as well. And his was like five years, even though he was already on the wrong side of 30. So, like... What are you doing? Like the managers over here handing out long-term contracts to these older players, and it's, that's just a recipe for disaster anytime right. you're in the NFL. Because uh, the way that the season outlook for next year is looking is that there are currently out of a roster of 53 players, there's like 20 something players that are signed on for next year. Yeah, and they only have 40 million dollars to work with. So 40 million dollars after I just talked about one guy uh, commanding 10. Yeah. Like you're gonna be working with scraps, like to spread that out amongst another twenty five. Yeah, and the thing is, the general manager or what you would call the football di- um, director mm-hmm. traded away a bunch of picks um, throughout. Essentially, that's been his philosophy throughout his time in Chicago: trade away picks so that you get the guys you like and you feel like you're gonna hit on them. But that leaves him with way less picks to actually get those guys in the building so there's been a bunch of times where you know you start with a draft the normal nfl draft you get seven picks per draft yeah and some and normally you'll get like one or two bonus ones because you've had some free agents leave or things like that but let's not complicate things too much (laughs) seven per team this guy almost every year he's been there will trade away like three and he'll only work with like four or three sometimes and a lot of the times, uh, even when he does have the picks, he'll fuck up like the actual most important picks, like he uh, the first round and the second round. 
he constantly gets wrong but somehow in the like garbage scrap uh zone he usually ends up finding some jewels that will somehow work out it kind of makes work out yeah it kind of makes no sense he has like reverse luck where like during where the best players are and the best prospects are the first three rounds or something he almost always strikes out but during garbage time he's like came to play baby <laughs> sign me up coach put me in because that's when he shines yeah but that sort of mentality where he'll trade away those first few picks because he's yeah. kind of bad has now led the team to be very thin and have very zero like what you would call the second team yeah like the subs the people who if your team gets hurt someone's gonna step in there and not you know throw the everything else out of funk and hold yeah. the team back no their philosophy here is make this shit top heavy we're gonna be like the titanic we're trying to balance this ship out yeah like, let's figure it out because it's it, right now um at key positions specifically cornerback and um pass rusher on defense mm. uh, positions that in the past have you know been positions of strength are now very weak and thin um and they have suffered injuries so they for example they lost khalil mack their best player to a season-ending foot injury jesus um yeah and he used he was the star of the defense he was a pass rusher that would make everyone else around him better mm-hmm. because he would always add pressure to the quarterback and be in his face and therefore it would make it easier for the guys covering the wide receivers you have less time now that he got hurt um or after he got hurt they also suffered a few injuries in the secondary which is the the people who cover the passes people who are following yeah. wide receivers safeties things like that um they where they were already super thin they were already really weak at this position so they go from weak to so weaker super weak so like playing essentially college players out there and like i am praying my rosemary every day for <laughs> the fucking beat down that aaron Rodgers is gonna lay down on these guys man because they're so bad like this weekend is gonna be a bloodbath no they're gonna play it's we're recording on 12 8 yeah like the NFL does not have a mercy rule, but they might <laughs> consider inventing one after this game. You think it's going to be that bad? It will be terrible. Like, it, it this just matches up <sighs> Do for... Do Arsenal play Sunday? This matches up for Aaron Rodgers to throw, like, five touchdowns. Should we throw a live stream? Honestly, that wouldn't be bad. That would be kind of fun. Just to... Um, no, Arsenal play on Saturday. But it'd be worth... I'll, I'll probably be tuning into the game just to see, like, yeah. how bad it is. It's going to be terrible, man. It's going to be terrible. And, and uh, the exci- the only exciting part about this season, Justin Fields, is not even going to... I don't think he's going to play. Yeah. He's questionable because he had some uh, cracked ribs. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so he's just been suffering with an injury for the last two weeks. And I don't personally think he's going to play, and he's literally the only reason you want to be watching or tuning in to the yeah. games right now. So if Justin is missing... And the secondary remains as shoddy as it is right now. My God, Aaron Rodgers is gonna fucking Have a field day. break the touchdown record that day. Like he might score seven, he might oh, score five. You think it it's seems, gonna be that bad? It, I I really three on the low end, on the low end, legit, legit. Three is is my 
But I think he could have a four or five touchdown day. Oh, yeah. my God. You think it's going to be that bad? Yes, yeah. dude. They're, like, out there, they're playing guys who are, like, 5'8", five, 5'9", five, yeah. that normally play a position called nickelback. Yeah. Where it's, you know, it's like a cornerback. I've played Madden. Ex- thank you. <laughs> okay, then you know what nickelback is. Yeah. So it's more on the inside of it's the secondary. Really good band. Um, it plays less man-to-man defense. They don't t- have a guy and man them up all, all day. But they've taken these guys who have that body type, mm-hmm. two of them specifically, from and late-round draft picks from the last draft last year, and they've made them both play a cornerback. And while the one dude, Duke Shelley at nickel, is did okay and flashed some talent yeah. and wasn't getting totally burned the whole time he was out there, he got hurt, so oh. and he suffered a, a season-ending injury. So this season is kind of shitty for him because he kind of flashed some talent, but he's such a late-round pick that they're not married to him. Like <laughs> they are not married to him at all. They will probably try to find someone to replace him. Like <gasps> most, more than likely. Yeah. Versus Kendall Vildor, it uh, is again. I love these guys' names, so I was really rooting for them. They just have the coolest names in football, in my opinion. Uh, you know what? Soccer has some really cool names too. Soccer yeah. has a few. But there's Lacazette also some... and shit like that. Yeah, yeah. Lacazette. Well, there's some cool. They sound like Pokemon in soccer. And I also know you got Chaka, yeah. Laka, and Saka, all on the same team. That's so dope. That is Chaka Laka Saka. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that sounds like a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Kendall Vildor playing cornerback on the outside is asked to cover guys like Adams on the Packers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like six three, six four. Or six two on the shorter, if Jesus. minimum, versus a dude who's five nine. Kendall Vildor has been doing so bad. He was like rated by PFF, the grading site that yeah. rates every play of every game, as the worst starting cornerback in the NFL on the outside. <laughs> so that, but like the dude came into this year with a lot of confidence, and he had actually shown some competence in the nickel last year. Yeah. But now he's been in. But then now that they asked him in a, to p- play a position that's not a natural to him, yeah, because uh, of the manager not stocking the position well enough and like yeah. having this overconfidence and and the young players he brought in, he's essentially kind of ruining him for the future because like he had some base ability yeah. to work with and develop, but now that he's not playing, yeah, now he's not playing that because you'll see him in the games as he's getting torch for a long touchdown <laughs> with his hands on his like his hands on his face and uh like over his knees like that just crouched oh my god it's so sad i uh, mean it's like it's gotta be a form of torture right to yeah just, yeah exactly like, this is just trying his best exactly he's literally just trying his best but he's playing in a position that it's not as natural he really shouldn't be out there playing that position but the coaches are forcing him and he's doing pretty terrible yeah <laughs> yeah but Let's. In addition to those Here, guys, wait, though, before we move on, before yeah. we move on, we'll talk about the coach next. But before we move on, every time I've seen the Bears play this year, they have been losing. Yeah. Every like. I don't doubt it. <laughs> so obviously, I, I've been keeping an eye on the score because of like you know the first time we recorded the podcast about this. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'll keep an eye out. Like I'll see how they're doing. Every time I'm like, oh, I wonder how the Bears are doing. They're losing. Yeah. Like, I remember when Aaron Rodgers played the Mad Soldier Field, and you have that infamous, I still own you belt at the crowd. I mean, fantastic. That was that was legendary. That was pretty great. And then a week later, he's like, 
yeah, my good friend Joe Rogan. What's kind of he consulted Dr. Joe Rogan? Yeah, exactly. And then uh, the Lions over Thanksgiving, they were losing up until the last play of the game. Yeah, and the Lions are like historically bad. Yeah, they they on average win like one game a year. If that, yeah, awful. It's terrible. Awful, awful. And even then, they they made it to the last play of the game to win the game against a terrible team. This weekend, I was at the gym. The TV was on. The Bears. The Bears were playing. I look at the score. It was like twenty three to six in third quarter. I'm yeah. like, I don't think they're turning it around. <laughs> I think they're gonna turn it around. Uh, what do you think the fix is? Do you think the fix is firing the coach? Yeah, I think the the fix. Well, one, it would start with firing the coach. Yeah. Two. They should also fire the general manager. And then... Okay, I told you those things, <laughs> hoping that it would interject. Manifest it. Yeah, it would manifest some victories in the future. But me knowing the person who's going to hire the next people yeah, and how that person isn't a football person. They themselves have like told the media, like, I don't know much about football. Like... I know, yeah. I know about the business side and the finance side. And that's the individual um, who will be hiring the next general manager and the next head coach. Because the way that the Bears have set up their hierarchy, that's the guy who's their boss. Right. And he works for the small family that owns the team. Yeah. Um, I believe uh, the majority owner is Virginia McCaskey, the granddaughter of George Hallis, like literally the founder of the team. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like it in the way that story and history is interesting, but also they've been fucking holding the team back for decades. Like they are the problem and no one's going to fire the owner. So like, what the fuck do you do? But like sit in perpetual media mediocrity, you know? Like, yeah. No. Yeah, cause, cause that, that this owner and this family and team are known for staying loyal to shitty coaches because like they're good with the family like they get along with the what, owners yeah. and shit and they will keep them around for 2 3 years longer than they really should have which is what we're living through right now this is that extra time that the coach did not earn these are those extra 2 years yeah. that the coach should be gone by now yeah and so like that gives me some pessimism that I don't know when they're going to be good. Because the way, like I told you, mm -hmm. the way that the coach set them up for next year, next year they're not going to compete. Like, you can already tell right now because of the way that they've set up the contracts for veterans this year yeah. and how much they're going to pay out next year to those veterans. Like, they're going to be paying people who aren't on the team just to stay home and, like, chill. Like, it makes no sense, but that's the way that they make contracts in the NFL. Um, and, and yeah, like that is going to set the team back no matter who takes the keys to the right. team for the next the, the, year. Yeah. Oh. So that at least from today, they're a minimum. Next year, they will not compete. It's, again, a building year. And the year after that, they can compete for playoffs, championships, things like that. I'm hoping that Justin Fields Here, let's, can progress uh, like, and build up to being, you know, What's, a quarterback who's a quarterback for a contender and looks like a top 10 quarterback in the league at right. that point. What's, uh, I guess we should finish on, 
what's one thing that you hope will happen by the end of the season, and what's one thing you know will happen by the end of the season? Hmm. Um. What's one thing you hope will happen? One thing I hope will happen, I hope they fire him. But the Bears have historically never fired a head coach midseason. What's one thing you know will happen? That um, Matt Nagy will have a whole shit ton of media blunders from here to the end of the season. Because this dude is just like a fucking walking rom-com or some shit, dude. Like, this guy, every time he goes up to talk to a mic, <laughs> he, like, fumbles over his words and he creates drama where there wasn't any. So, I know he's going to do that again, <laughs> and I can't wait, and I'm here for it. Oh, all right. For Arsenal, one thing I hope will happen is uh, the young players get better. They're already looking good, but I want them to, like, become superstars. Take that next level. Yeah, yeah. and, like, even Become if, world class. Yeah, even if they don't, like, end up staying at Arsenal for, like, you know, the next five or whatever years. I at least hope, like, you know what? Because, like, you do become enamored with, like, the young team. Yeah. Like, you know, they came they from... They grow on you. Yeah, right? they yeah. came from the Youth Academy. Yeah. Like, they deserve to to do well and and have a successful career. So I really hope, like, you know what? Even if it doesn't work out, I want them to work out in general. Because Arsenal have a history of, like, destroying young players' career. Damn. Not too many, but just there's been a few cases yeah. where you're like, damn. They'll like, take a star talent and they'll... They'll kind of overplay them yeah. when they're too young. And then, yeah, that's happened a couple of times, but not that many. And then one thing that I know will happen is I know that the players that are getting paid the big bucks are just going to go on strike and perform badly and not play and stay at home and not show up to training and show up late. And then eventually they're going to drive their price down so low that by next summer, the, the summer of 2022, they're going to go for very low fees. Make the team no money. <laughs> Probably like ten percent of what Arsenal paid for them. <laughs> like I just know that's gonna happen. Just like how does that make you feel? You know what? For a team that is run by business people, they don't make a lot of money. <laughs> Arsenal is run by business people. Who owns Arsenal? Actually? Uh the Cronky family. They also own the Alley Rams. And yeah, I was going to say Rich Kroenke, the yeah. the dude who just paid a shit ton of money to the city of St. Louis. Correct. All right. Kroenke owns Arsenal. Son of a bitch, I didn't know he that. He owns a baseball team also. I can't remember which one. I believe it's the Astros or something like that. And the LA Rams. And he goes, oh, I should get into a soccer team. And he picked up a newspaper and Arsenal were on the front page. Stop. Swear to God. Stop. That's I swear to God. I swear to God. This is how, yeah. Or is on the front page and he goes, like, oh, that team should, like, what's that team about? And he just, like, bought them out. And there has been owners, like, because there's, like, a board and, like, shareholders. There's been shareholders that have offered him a ton of money to, like, just buy him out. Yeah. And be like, hey, we'll take over. Who are, like, football people. Yeah. Football meaning soccer. Yeah. And he's been like, no, nah, I'm good. Of course, man. <laughs> it's an ego thing for him. Um, and the Spotify owner. The CEO of Spotify, who is like a multi-billionaire, offered to buy Arsenal a year ago for $3 billion for like... Okay, help me, buddy. Yeah, I'll pour you some more wine. Right. Here, bring it over here. The owner, the CEO of Spotify was like, hey, I'll buy Arsenal off you. And he's like 
friends with Thurian Ri, who's like Arsenal's best oh, player yeah. ever. Yeah, you were telling me about him, and I looked him up. Yeah, and, and he actually, the the he's like, nah, the team is not for sale. Some of a bitch, man. Cronky. And these are like soccer fans that are like trying to buy the team, and Cronky's like, I'm good. You guys know I own Wal like I'm married into Walmart. You think I'm fucking dumb enough to sell you this team? This team is printing money. They could be terrible, and the team and will still make money. Yeah, because they're in the EPL and and they have all this and they're Arsenal. They're fans. in London. Yeah, right. Yeah, they have literally. a bunch of legacy fans. The, yeah, he's literally just already building on on decades of branding. Yeah, you know? on the count of three, let's say fuck, and then the name of the owner of both of our teams. Okay. One, two, three. Fuck, fuck the McCaskey family. <laughs> All of them. Back I, when the FBI could just kill your average neighborhood commie. Yeah. A simpler time. A simpler time. Like when they killed Fred Hampton. You know, the the best years of Chicago. <laughs> oh. Well, I guess we're back, right? We're back. And better than ever. Yeah. Definitely not low energy around here. No, I'm not low energy at all. I'm ready to fuck. Ready to fuck. I'm ready to fuck right now. I'm ready to fuck hot and heavy. Oh, you know, it's my... um. Dude, we're the only ones in the room. Maybe we should turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to fuck right now. <laughs> I'm going to fuck the next person I see. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyways, I Louis. I, uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still a server and a waiter. And I asked this. I took care of like a table that was celebrating their like forty third wedding anniversary. Jeez, good for them. I know, and I'm like, gee, I'm like, congratulations. Like, what's the secret? And they were like, the dude just looks at me and he goes, "Have a glass of whiskey every night." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I'll keep that in mind. Let me go check on your entrees. <laughs> What is that I expected with that? I was I was like, you know what? Just love each other, communicate. Something goes, a little cliche. No, he goes, have a glass of whiskey every night. Damn. You got it, sir. Dude, maybe that's how I've lasted this long. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm celebrating seven years of dating next week. There we go. Which is why I won't be on the episode. Dude, I didn't... I guess I had never realized how close in, like, years you guys yeah. are to us oh, as yeah. well. Damn. I remember when your fiance first started dating you. Yeah. Like I had I had hung out with her and another friend and she goes, "Yeah, I'm I'm talking to this new guy Juan." Yeah. Like I remember having we were having actually that conversation at, we were him. at Gurney Mills. If you ask, her, I'm sure she remember. Yeah. But we were at Gurney Mills and um she goes, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Oh, that's cool. Like what's he like?" And she goes, "Yeah, you'll have to meet him. Like you guys would probably get along." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck are we doing Fast here? Fast forward, know? how long now? Almost eight years. Yeah, yeah. eight years, right? Yeah, yeah essentially. In now you guys April. are engaged and gonna have a wedding in eight months. Yeah, in August. Yeah, yeah. that's exciting. Really happy gonna, for you too. Thank you, thank you. Of course. I'm sure I'll be saying that to you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> uh, there's like something like uh, I'm not engaged yet, but like there's something like very that I welcome about like you know what. Yeah. I'm like, like, why like, try to? There's so much other shit that I gotta focus on. Like, why do I want that energy wasted on like, well, who am I gonna fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> not like a bad way, but just like, dude, I I went to the there's a you know a bar downtown Lake Geneva called the Thumbs Up. 
Have yeah. you ever been to it on like a busy night? Not on a busy night. And honestly, I've only been there twice in my life. One time I saw like a cop pulling somebody out. So that was already like a weird impression. And it wasn't that busy that night. So it was just like a bad impression that I got yeah. uh, that particular time. But anytime that you hear any young people in the area, they're usually, if they're going out, that That's seems like the more go. rowdy bar, Correct. like young Correct. people bar. For yeah. sure. So, it's, I mean, it's cool. Like, it's, it can be fun, especially if you're, like, in, in your young 20s. Like, if you're in your late 20s, it's like, bro, like, what do you do? <laughs> but they played a lot of music, like, grinding, you know, it's, yeah. so it's fun. But I remember I was in there with, like, some friends and my girlfriend, and I saw these, like, three youngish kids. They must have just turned 21, so I would have been, like, 24 at the time. And they were just like at the bar, like, and they were just three of them, three guys, just like shooting the shit, just, standing in the corner, right, sipping the drink, and just kind of looking around and like yeah. dancing to themselves and kind of like plotting their next move. Yeah. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, thank God that's not me. Yeah, thank the Lord. Like that you're not getting hit up by your friends. Hey, bro, you want to go to the bar? Hey, bro, let's go try to pick up some bitches. Yeah, and, and, then, and then they're gonna stand in the corner the whole time. You, me, bro, dude. I swear to God, bro. She swear was, to God. She was trying to fuck. Why'd you turn to Omar, bro? <laughs> <laughs> hey, bro, that's respect. That's my hey, brother. you're the one talking like that. No, but that's that's how I figured it, man. Like, imagine just being 21 and being like, try to find Mrs. Pablo, Mrs. Barbosa yeah. at Thumbs Up, downtown Lake Oof. Geneva. Yeah. And you're just like out there like... Bottom of the barrel. Bro, and you know the worst part? <sighs> Did they like... You, you go get a haircut. You go shave. You're like, no, bro, let's go to the mall. Let's get a clean fit. Yeah. Still no bitches. You know? Strike. Like, when I see people getting a haircut on Friday, Thursday, Saturday, and they don't get bitches, like, bro, go pick pick a Tuesday. Just save that money. Pick a Tuesday, bro. Pick a Wednesday. (laughs) Why are you in there wasting wasting people's time taking up spots? Oh, man. You know what I mean? I I think, I don't know. I, I, funny enough, I never kind of went through that, like, bar phase it's a rough the, phase the, the uh small town bar you know yeah i have like a weird intro or i had a weird introduction into drinking culture where i literally started fucking bartending at the baker house mm. so that kind of became my baseline yeah and it became kind of hard for me to go below that much below that yeah like after that so i i would like visit them like but like I said, it was literally only a handful of times in, yeah. in my my time here. And I've been here for a while. So, like, I wish I could give you, like, an interesting fucking little tidbit from that particular bar. But yeah. I don't know. I Yeah, I never... Yeah, the, the only... Yeah, there was honestly nothing fucking interesting I have to say about Thumbs Up. Except for the fact that... It's kind of known as like the CD spot, like oh it, yeah, it's, it's known it's as, as the spot where like the dealers like to go. Oh man, dude, I people saw somebody dealing, people be snorting in the bathroom. I saw somebody. The most I've saw somebody like do coke was at Thumbs Up. Yeah, like I. So the way that they have the bathroom is like there's a small hallway, like so the one there's a staircase. Stairs. It's, in the, it's essentially like a basement, right? Right. So the stairs go down, and then the female bathroom is right there. Yeah. But then you've got to turn the corner, and then turn the corner again. There's a very small hallway that leads to the men's bathroom. So as you're waiting in line, you're just facing the wall, and the men's bathroom and women's bathroom are kind of like facing each other, right? And you can see inside the bathroom, 
as you're waiting in line. And the dude that I'm sitting next to, I met him working before. And I was just like, oh, what's up, man? Like, what's going on? He's like, yeah. And then somebody inside the bathroom sees him and he goes, oh, Sam or Kyle, whatever his name Holly. was. Holly! Holly, my boy! What's up, bro? And I look up and he's not in a stall, not by the urinal. He's standing in the middle of the bathroom, like, with a dollar bill. Like, yeah, just, like, snorting it. And then I see him start licking it. Jesus Christ, Dude, was, man. I'm not kidding. This was the most. He's like, yeah, man, you still play soccer? Yeah, bro, you you still out there? Dude, I mean, you can make a you can make a pro, man. I know this guy, dude. Dude, I gotta give you his email, man. He's a pro scout, dude. He was so yayoed out. Oh man, and like he's just like my thing is John, just like and then I'm you need like, a piece of gum. I'm like, dude, are you okay? And once I go upstairs, and I'm like, dude, I saw that guy was so fucked up, and I'm like waiting for my girlfriend to come back upstairs. I'm like. I saw somebody like really fucked up downstairs and I turned the cor- and I turn and he's like right there and he's just like like dinosaur arms just like, and I'm like dude how everyone here knows what like we're not gonna, we're not gonna acknowledge the maniac yeah <laughs> that's just standing the guy there. who just gave himself Parkinson's yeah Jesus <laughs> Jesus yeah, he looked fucked that's I'm like damn like that's the most fucked up I've ever seen somebody like just dude when you're like licking the dollar bill yeah I was gonna say that's another level I'm that's like, another level damn dude yeah that's when you know coke is good and especially you're doing that in front of people like you you know people are like looking at you sideways about that but yeah you, but your brain is like fuck it is gotta it? get that last gram of the sugar <laughs> booger you know <laughs> get that every last drop yeah I mean hey man if coke is that good then I'll, I'll I won't do it <laughs> I already love coffee too much. Yeah, I don't need to add more problems into my life. Anyways, homie, let's start off with yeah. Speaking of cocaine, let's talk about it's not pronounced Omicron. It's pronounced Omicron. 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 Okay. There's no Ca- n in it. Oh, it's just Omi. It's, it's just Omicron. Yeah. Oh, okay. For people who would like watch this and be like, are they just talking out of their ass? No, we take notes. <laughs> we read a lot. <laughs> we're of We're still that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> We're just we're just fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's gotta be an N in it, no? Oh, I had I had written it with an N, homie. You so, wrote it down yourself. Yes, but so I could have been wrong because I typed that out of memory though. Oh uh, okay. Yeah, so that may not even be mm, the correct spelling. Okay. So But I mean point is it sounds like a transformer. Y'all know that. We know yeah, that. Exactly. Yeah. And should we be scared? Are you scared? I <sighs> Wasn't scared last week, and then I, you had like made some statements about how it could supposedly get through a lot of the vaccines, and it was gonna be worse. Is that what you had said? Correct. So, like but, for example, there's the um, fuck. He's a very, very, very good point guard. I think for the Blazers for the NBA. You're gonna talk about double Irving? vaxxed. No, okay. no, 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 not Kyrie Irving. <laughs> okay, I was going to say. Not the hero that is Kyrie yeah. Irving. No, no, no. A very, very good player who's double vaxxed, just got his booster, just got COVID. Okay. So it just goes to show, like, yeah, it doesn't. Really... And he got this particular one? Most likely. Like, he tested positive okay. for COVID just, to, I believe it was today or yesterday. Yeah. But he he just got the booster. He was double vaxxed, like, everything. 
yeah. and he's like people are still getting COVID. So I mean, breakthrough infections are a thing. That's what they're calling those. Right. Like when you're vaxxed up and you still get COVID, whatever Delta, Omni, Beta, you, all you of know, them. all of them. Yeah, you're still very likely to get it. Yeah, you're you're you're. I don't know that you're as likely to get it. it. My understanding of it was that you're less likely to get it. Yeah. And that you're also like way, 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 way less likely to die or be, end up in the hospital from right. like, the situation. Correct. It almost like, it's almost like the vaccine does turn it into a, a much more cold. normal cold or flu. Yeah, yeah. correct. So um, first cases were found in South Africa. That's right. Of the Omicron. And as actually, you homie, I was reading that the first cases were found in Europe, and that but uh, they didn't consider South, it yeah, Omicron. Yeah, scientists in South Africa they discovered the, the genome. Were, like, yeah, they sequenced it. That one is the same as this one. This is a now variant, and so that's what it. Yep. That's where the term Omicron came from. That's right. Um, but as you stated, the vaccine isn't super like potent against it, and so like there's getting cases that are starting to spike a little bit and i mean i'm just really interested to see where this goes and we said it off air but the governor de blasio from new york uh mayor the mayor from soon to be leaving as well though correct a lot of people think that this is a little kind of useless because the new mayor could just come in and scrap it away in like a week which chances are he will yeah because he stated like everybody including children from like five are required to get the vaccine yeah in order to just be out so that's kind of going into any facility you need the vaccine yeah so it's fucking crazy that is interesting are, but are you are you going to change anything that you do are you going to cancel the wedding shit i didn't even think about that stuff damn i didn't i mean at this point i think mo- most people have kind of like accepted that COVID and COVID variants are kind of a new way of life. Yeah. Almost, you know, um, and they're scarier than the common cold. But the vaccine, as I was saying, is turning this into the common cold for a lot of people and the way that they approach it. Yeah. And like, and those are, that's where the people who take that shit into like account. There's a shit ton of people and we know that, you know, like kind of don't believe anything they hear about anything. So <laughs> I'll never yeah. understand those kind of people. They're and like, so they just like kind of have essentially like bottled the rest of society into a, like this corner of their brain where they're kind of ignore it and yeah. just pretend that it is a common cold. And correct. And yeah, and that's that's been a lot of people. So I mean, which is fine for me. You're allowed to have your yeah. Opinion. For me, I think if if I'm inviting you to the wedding and you don't show up because of this, yeah, I'm not gonna be upset. Like, I understand. Yeah. Yeah, like, but also, like, there's going to be a lot of people who do want to go because they're probably vaccinated or they've already gotten COVID or something, you know? And, like, yeah, and if they don't have the vaccine and they still want to come, I'm not going to tell them not to. Yeah. That's their, that is at that, at that point their decision. And, you know, they have lived through what we've lived through the last few years they've dealt with new variants coming out and they've got haven't gotten it at that point but hopefully you know most of my circle that i know for the most part are most people going to be vaccinated at your wedding just naturally yeah i think most people will be 
but I guess you can never be sure, right? Because apparently no, 100%. young people haven't had such great numbers. So that is a thing, you know? Yeah. Those were like it wasn't just random. Breaking news. Breaking news. From our live reporter in Atlanta, Georgia. Here we have Luis Papi Pablo. Can we get a report on what you were talking about earlier? I kind of forgot. Okay. Amazon is spying on union votes. Oh, shit, motherfucker. Are you for real? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We have here that there was cameras placed in public sites where votes were taken so people could be seen as they were voting pro-union during their ballot, causing a new vote to be taken place in the state of Alabama. Uh, That's awesome, Luis. That's good to hear. (laughs) Is this uh, Alabama, the Bessemer one? The what's that? The Bessemer, Alabama, or yeah, the Bessemer, Alabama uh, union vote that we were talking about? Correct, correct. Yeah. So this did take place um, a week ago at this point. Uh, We're calling this segment uh, Labor Watch. But, you know, this is something that we like to speak about quite a lot here, which is um, unpaid workers not getting paid. Well, in this case, it's, you know, people being overworked. Yes. And not getting the fair share that they're earning for the companies that they're working at. Right. Yeah. So ultimately, in this case, you know, what happened, I kind of ran it down already, but yeah. there was votes that had to have been taking place and Amazon put a the voting ballots yeah, yeah you know in very public places so if people were to vote most likely it was to be pro-union and the people that didn't vote you know they didn't get counted yeah so it was like, well the percentage that did vote only this many counted and yeah. so on and so on so and at the time they had been told by the people the regulators of these particular sorts of elections uh, by the federal government that they were not allowed to to put the uh, mailbox there and they still did it anyways Correct. Um, and it's it's cool to see that for once uh, American regulators aren't just bowing their heads to the largest multinational corporations in the world yeah. and that they're finally flexing you know just an ounce of muscle by making them rehold the, the vote well even just reholding the vote I think shows more than like not at all yeah you know what yeah, I mean like, absolutely because we've seen not a lot but because you know they're it, sometimes it doesn't even get to the vote yeah but the fact that they're like all right clearly there was some injustice there improprieties right yeah. like there's definitely like obviously people are going to be like nervous and afraid to vote yeah because you do have cameras in place where it's very obvious so the fact that they're just going to recount like redo the vote i think shows quite a lot yeah and i think that like at this particular time with the economy being the way it is for workers where um, this is like the best time in the last 10, 15 years to get a job as far as like getting decent pay. And uh, yeah, just as, because there's so much competition for labor right now, it's a tight labor market. Um, there's competition for you as a worker. People want you to attend different companies. So like right now, it does kind of seem like a golden opportunity. And it does seem like different economic conditions from the last time that held this yeah. vote. So, you know, hopefully... You know, maybe that could be like a silver bullet, right? I don't expect them to actually win because, you know. But at least it's getting there. But it's getting there, yeah. And yeah. and 
the fact that this is happening with Amazon, it kind of sends like like a shock waves throughout the labor market because this yeah. is the second largest employer in the country. This is yeah, they essentially yeah, they kind of control politics on a bunch of different levels on small towns. Yeah. They can get whatever tax benefits they want to from a state that whatever state they're going to go into. I mean, everybody knows somebody who works at Amazon. Yeah. Like I can name like four people that work at Amazon. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. And then they probably won't be working there in a year. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's like, it's just a grind. And yeah, it, they, they, it's a part of their business model to like only keep employees for like two years because they don't believe that people are as productive after that. They think that you as an employee will not give a shit about You'll your job. You'll just get comfortable. Yeah. You worked at Amazon for a bit, did you? No, no, no. You I, never worked at Amazon. No, I worked oh. at I worked at this other warehouse, um, the do- a, a Dollar General distribution center. Yeah. Yeah. Because I well, because Amazon is such a big employer in the U.S. I'll see TikToks of like Amazon related. Yeah. yeah. Well, Amazon workers posting these, but like also Amazon related memes. Then I'm like, I don't understand this. Yeah. Like, one of them specifically that I saw this week was, like, people at Amazon really be dressing up like it's the first day of high school. No way. And I was like, what? And, like, then, and then there was a Stitch video of this guy be, like, being like, yeah, I worked at Amazon for a couple months. And people be fully dressed up just to stand in their box scanning items every every single day for eight hours. Why? I'm That's like, so why? weird. Yeah. Is it because it's like a young workforce and they're like I think so. Trying they're trying to, to impress each other yeah. and like have fun. And then I saw this other thing that was like, if your significant other works at Amazon, they're definitely cheating on you. And then I'm like, so then this I This shit know, sounds like army barracks, dog. I'm not kidding whatsoever. And then I asked somebody. It sounds like boot camp. <laughs> I asked somebody who works at Amazon. I'm like, hey, so I saw that TikTok. Is that true? And she goes, yeah, like there'll be some sneaky links at Amazon, like. People legit be, like, sneaking away. Like, it's so big that, like, you can go hide somewhere. Oh, I mean, how do they hide, though? Like, like you don't they, say. They usually have them pretty well chipped. Well, they have them chipped, but if you're, when you're on your break or afterwards? I, yeah, I guess so. Or afterwards yeah. or beforehand? Afterwards, yeah. Yeah, there's, you can sneak in a session. I yeah. thought you punched out. I did. <laughs> I'm just, I thought I left my backpack. Gotta go talk to Trish. Exactly. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, breaking news! If Yo Girl got season opening tickets to a basketball game, she is fucking somebody on that team. She is fucking somebody on that team. Jesus Christ! What? That's from Drake. That's a Drake song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know the song. I think it's Child's Play. Oh, that song is pretty great. On views, it is good. I love, I love the verse where he's talking about eating at uh, the cheesecake. Yeah, why you want to be a cheesecake? Yeah, I love that. That's a good verse. That's literally the same. Yeah, that's that song. What are you looking up, Papa? I thought we were gonna watch the video. You want to watch it right now? Yeah, let's do it now. It's twenty-two minutes. No, we're not gonna watch the whole thing. We only need the the three minutes at the beginning. Oh, okay. All right. Um, we'll take a quick break. (laughs) Uh, Chevron is charging the lawyer, um, who was a primary lawyer in Ecuador and, and one in their Supreme Court. Um, he, uh, Chevron, is using what you would call RICO charges, or essentially, and he, they are charging him with 
contempt of court for not turning over their, his laptop and uh, his contacts that he had in Ecuador. The reason he's not doing that is because uh, Texaco and Chevron had a history of killing labor organizers in Central America, like a lot of American companies do, whenever they stand up for their you know, labor or environmental rights. Yeah. So, you know, he had very good reason not to. And Chevron essentially has invested so much money into political lobbying that they've put in a lot of money into a judicial, a legal conservative group called the Federalist Society. And they've been putting a lot of that money in for a long time. And most of the, they, they essentially rigged it. So they kind of hired a judge to put this dude in jail. Like mm -hmm. they made it so that their legal mechanism that they used to get him in jail was they could appoint a, like a private lawyer to be the prosecutor to work against um, Steven Donzinger. And they did that. They literally hired a lawyer who worked for Chevron to be the prosecutor against Donzinger. And that's like one of the first times that that's ever happened. And that was kind of the reason why I wanted to bring up the case today. Um, just showing like how, you know, this kind of neoliberal consciousness that we all have as Americans, where it's ingrained into us, like from the beginning where competition is like king, you know, uh, profit margin is king, you know, yeah. like, like you, like you want that at all turns. Like when you have that sort of ideology and philosophy, we leave institutions open to be co-opted by literally the most powerful, uh, uh, sectors in society that being you know big oil and they have done exactly that they um, have literally put in money into the right legal groups and put in lawyers that will be lawyers and judges that will be favorable to favorable to them in all sorts of regulation judgments yeah. all like they're going to be scratching their back for generations like these these people are already in there I mean, and it said very clearly they've been doing this for 25 years yeah they've been getting away with it and even like the rebranding of the name so it almost makes it feel like it's not the same people exactly it's just it's fucking awful man and then like it's even worse because like none of the people involved who did the crimes and who did the dumping are gonna are gonna end up in jail anything. yeah none of the executives who were in charge of texaco at the time are right. gonna spend any time in jail it's interesting you say that because an american um what's called a, a senator or mm -hmm. perhaps a representative. I know that he's some sort of politician from the Midwest. I, if I remember correctly, it was Missouri. Jim yeah. McGovern um, specifically tweeted out that it should be the executives from Chevron that should be in jail and that it is an international travesty. And multiple human rights groups have called us out, the United States. It's just us as, you know, normal average Americans and don't give a shit about international like shit. Like we're never going right. to hear that criticism, but more, more like this case is, has gone international. Um, it was actually judged upon by the Supreme court of Canada and they mm -hmm. ruled with the Ecuadorians as well. So multiple different Supreme courts have ruled on this and they always rule like against Chevron and they still refuse to, to pay the money. They, they are kind of using this as like a, a case like a warning against any other sort of like environmental mm -hmm. group they if, if you're thinking about like going against big oil like 
you better have a billionaire on your side essentially like that's kind yeah. of the message that they're sending and the problem right? is it never going to yeah a lot of those like they're usually non-profit organizations yeah. which i mean you can still make money in a non-profit but like ultimately these are people trying to do the right thing and then you get a billion dollar company who's just gonna take you to court so many times that you won't be able to afford it Yep. And so, yeah, you get these. They, they ruined this guy's life. They took away, uh, one, he's been serving a six-month sentence for two years mm -hmm. as he's been waiting that six-month sentence. Right. So, like, he wanted them to count that, and the judge is like, nah, fuck that. Uh, well, I'm just going to give you another six months on top of that. Uh, this, like, while this charge is a Class B misdemeanor, this isn't yeah. even a felony, and, like, he's losing his uh, license as, as a lawyer. His, mm -hmm. He's been disbarred. He's lost you know his life savings just because he's being used as like uh yeah you guys want to stand up to yeah us? yeah exactly he's happens. being used as an example right and like i said it's just i i like to bring up these sort of stories one because they're too complicated for the mainstream media to trust that like we're gonna pay attention to they kind of think of like right uh, like people as like flies like we have the attention span of a fly we are not gonna read something that complicated yeah like they almost look down on us but also we kind of click on the like the bloody shit, you know, like the the if it bleeds it leads. Yeah. You know? So, potato potato. But I guess to cut it short, man, like the reason why I find these stories so important is because corporations are fucking eating these institutions that are supposed to be yeah. public. Like they're just co-opting them from every angle. Like we already know that politicians um, have their back scratched by lobbyists, right? Lobbyists mm. from different sectors of the economy whether that be big tech facebook google or whether that be oil or pharma right like a fucking senator probably has more meetings with different lobbyists than like with his actual people from yeah. like the whatever yeah and like we just accept from. that shit as like oh well it's normal like yeah the capitalism in this country has only gotten like so much like dirtier yeah. and like more corrupt and, and like people like champion that yeah and and we yeah exactly like we we don't like, find anything wrong with that right like, like elon well, musk and jeff bezos making a shit ton of money and willing to spend it anywhere except for in america it's yeah. like well you made your money here like and off of these people off of our infrastructure yeah like you're not gonna in our market right yeah. and now yeah. like you know there's a new tesla warehouse being built in texas where there's less state capital yeah or there's no state tax so it's like great yeah it's a it's a i don't know man it's a bitch like to just to see how so many different industries have been able to co-opt regulators like that you know yeah. just just from like watching dope sick and watching how that shit happened with pharma yeah. and how purdue pharma was able to do that with the fda and like Watching this with uh, Chevron and Texaco, how they were able to get away with dumping in the middle of the Amazon for 20-some years and American lawmakers aren't forcing them to pay up, like, the damages. Like, that shit is just... It's, it's just gangster capitalism at its worst, man. Yeah. Some, some of the worst. But anyways, let's, let's, uh, let's cheer uh, up over let's, here, man. Let's, let's cheer, cheer it up. up. Let's, uh, let's talk about some stuff we want to recommend for this week. So we got, you know, the week of the 15th coming up. Spider-Man is coming out next week. It, which uh, Spider-Man is this? Um, I forget. What is this one called? Spider-Man No Way Home? Ah, okay. This one included Morales? 
No, no, they're they're gonna introduce him, hopefully in the next movie or two. Okay. Just because he has a big part, and it'd be cool to see that. Okay. But this is our our chill hour. That's right. That's yeah. right. Fuck Ooh. yeah. Enjoying some wine. I was gonna have a second glass of wine, and then I saw that horrific video, and I'm like, I think I, I needed need that. <laughs> I was like, I think I need one. Seeing like how that shit caused cancer and all those babies Dude. in the Amazon, and they show like the pictures of, like those kids, and it's like awful how can you not yeah and then like people still like criticize biden and shit for like breaking like uh not wanting them to build that um, giant pipeline yeah people can be pretty idiotic about that shit like, right, I, like right. my to, cousin said that that's gonna they're yeah. gonna use that to take our guns yeah, like oh today um at work i like uh, how we were like this is the unwind segment <laughs> we're still right back into it nah fuck it all right, what do we what do we have for as far as like media recommendations this week? Buddy? Uh, for something that I recommend is definitely go watch Spider Man. Go watch Spider Man. How can you say that? I haven't watched it. Well, it comes out next week. Okay. Okay. So go buy tickets. Go watch Spider Man. Support your local cinema. And the thing that I recommend for this week is to go and watch not La Casa de Papel. Money Heist on Netflix. It's actually to go watch Hawkeye. There's now oh, three, ep- four episodes when this is being recorded. Um, great show. It is Marvel. It's on Disney Plus. Almost everybody in the world has Disney Plus now. Yeah. I really, really recommend it. I think it's fun. It's very heartwarming. Um, and it's just like different. Okay. That sounds. It's good. I really tell, tell why. What so makes it different from obviously the other Hawkeye is like ones. the Avenger who has no powers. Yeah, so he's a little he's bit more normal. Really good with the arrow. Yeah, great accuracy is his power. Yeah, he which can have a he, baby in one. Which take. is why he has three kids. Yeah. Um, no, man, but it's like heartwarming because you get a character who just like the whole premise is like, yeah, you want to. <laughs> the whole premise is he wants to make it home for Christmas, and so he's in New York with his kids, and then they go back. Get the fuck out of but here, really. he's Yeah, but he's, like, in New York trying to solve this case and trying to, like, figure stuff out. And he's also going deaf because of everything that's happened to yeah. him. <laughs> um, so it's kind of cool that he's, like, just trying to figure it out. And you just see in his eyes, like, he's like, fuck. Like, I don't want to be here. I just want to be with my kids. He's like the Dark Knight Rises and yeah. where he's uh, fucking with Bane. And right. The whole time he's in the hospital, like, dealing with different <laughs> shit that's broken. Um, there's a really heartwarming scene where because he's losing his hearing, um, he's his son calls him and he can't listen. He can't hear him. But the girl that he's with is, like, translating for yeah. him. And it's like, damn, like, it actually, like, made me kind of tear up because he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I love you, too. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, you're bored. Yeah, mom's not awake yet. Okay, all right, well, I miss you too. And you're just like, fuck. Fuck. That tore out your heart. Yeah, it was, it was pulling out the strings. But uh, what's one thing that you recommend for this week? I just, podcast, I watched two or... movies this week, um, which is kind of a record for me. I usually don't watch that many. <laughs> um, one of them being fucking great and awesome. I've kind of blanking on one of the name of the actors, so I didn't want to throw it out that confidently. Mm-hmm. But The Trial of the Chicago 7, I watched it kind of expecting it to be kind of like a drier, like borderline historical political movie. Yeah. And while it is like a historical political movie, it is so fucking fun and like entertaining. 
Yeah. Like, they, they've been making, I would say, that's the second film like that that I find this year. The first one being the Fred Hampton film. Um, it, it had Judas in the in the title. I can't remember the name of it, though. Messiah and the Black Judas? The Messiah and the Black Judas. That one was also phenomenal. Just, like, even the soundtrack alone, dude. Like, I believe it was produced by Kendrick, if I... If I'm remembering correctly, but I could be wrong. It was a great soundtrack. Yeah. And this Chicago 7 movie was also phenomenal. It had um, Sasha Baron Cohen. The dude who looks like Neil Patrick Harris, but is clearly not Neil Patrick Harris. What's, <laughs> I have no idea who you're talking about. Oh, God. I've not seen this movie yet, but yeah. I it, It's great. It's it's just a great movie. Um, they, they Both of those guys really carry the movie. Um, And then, like, Lakeith something yeah from get out and also the main actor from get out are both in it right are you serious i didn't even fucking notice him in the chicago seven movie oh not chicago seven oh but okay from, like, yes and the Black yes and that one yeah okay yeah. i was gonna say what the fuck i, I missed Wait, those so guys. you're talking about chicago seven not uh, judas and the black yeah Messiah. yeah no okay. they they both fell into that like they're historical yeah but so well produced and like the names involved in it are pretty big names, mm-hmm. so they just it just takes the entertainment up like a notch. It does not feel like you're yeah. watching anything that should be historically based. Um, but yeah, with the Chicago Seven specifically, I just fell in love with the Sasha Baron Cohen character, dude. Like I'm that guy. To check it out. That guy. What, what did you watch it on? On Netflix. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. That guy would just had the best commentary for the judge, like. The it was incredible. Like I, I don't want to spoil is anything. Is it a series or a movie? You said it's a, a one-time movie. It is just a movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, all yeah. right. It's a good watch, dude. So we'll have to check it out. Yeah. Otherwise, any uh, closing statements before we'll close we wrap it, out it up? This week. Yeah. Hmm. You got one, buddy. Have a glass of whiskey every night. Hey, how many years did they say together? Forty-three. Forty-three. That's no accident. That's no. It accident. is no accident. Cheers. Let's finish off. Let's cheers. Otherwise, uh, we'll see you next week. Uh, I will not be on the episode next week. That's right. It's going to be the Phil and Juan yeah, happy hour. Yeah, it'll be a little different, so we'll see how that goes. We're going to see how that goes. See if we can finish a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> so I will I will still do the editing. I just I won't be there for the recording. Otherwise, hey, don't worry. We'll hold it down. <laughs> we won't lose too many listeners. Uh, I have no idea what you guys are going to talk about, and I hope it goes well. It'll go well. It's going to go great. Yeah. You're in good hands. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Thank you for listening to another episode, and we will see you in the fun half. Bye bye.